Hello there and welcome back to the Chat Shit, Get Fit, the fitness news where we unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always, I'm joined by Tom. Good evening. This week, we are going to take a closer look at exercise anxiety and improving adherence to a resistance training program for people with such anxiety-related disorders. It's a jam-packed topic. We are going to look at some research, but I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who got involved with this one, because if you're not following us on Instagram yet, go do so. It's at chatshitgetfitpodcast. As we always put polls out, like sort of feedback. We, but we, we, we like to engage with you lot out there. So if you want to engage with polls such as this one, we talked about exercise anxiety, get over there and give us a follow and then you can engage as well. But yeah, thank you to everyone who got involved. Loads of people got involved, sent in like private DMs. People got involved with the polls themselves. And it was very interesting the results very we will come on to them but the results were very interesting and we are going to talk about them obviously these are all anecdotal accounts we are also going to look at some paper as well okay and that paper just my might as well say what it is so the paper we are going to be looking at today is cognitive behavioral techniques reduce exercise anxiety and improve adherence to a resistance training program for people with anxiety related disorders a randomized controlled trial how could we basically simplify this title? It's basically people that might feel anxious yeah. in consistently going to, the, to gym. the gym or, you know, just or just adhering to a resistance training program in general. So it could be something been, at home. And they've used cognitive behavioral techniques to hopefully yeah. reduce that, which we're going to talk about. So can I just quickly I, jump in with one one second? Because it mate. is important to mention that it's you know, I'm just taking over here. You know, now I've got oh, I've got my dual monitors now. I want to run the fucking intro, mate. I want to run I the intro. I fucking run fins around here now. All right, okay? mate. Go on, and I've changed the fin tune as well. I've what brought brass band in from Switzerland. I don't know why it's Switzerland is the first word that came to my head. Not usually something <laughs> right. you would relate to with brass bands, but you know, I've got them coming in to redo the fin tune. I've got a new guest that's taken over as well. New co-host. Who's this? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't gotten this far of it yet. Right. Okay. So you started a queue. You started a podcast queue, but you haven't actually. <laughs> you know, I was actually going to make a point. I can't remember what the fuck it was now, which is ironic because I said, oh, I need to make an important point and I've gone and derailed it already. Can't have well, been that important. That bit of a cliffhanger there, isn't it? I know. Well, what we'll do is we'll run the intro, Tom, and hopefully when we come back, you'll run I might remember. Yeah. Right. Well, that being said then, guys, let's get into this week's The Fitness News. remembered now so yeah it's, it is important to mention that this is actually in regards to resistance training in general as well because i think uh when i first looked at the paper my instant bias was oh it's to do with anxiety in regards to, like the so the social interactions you might have in a gym environment mm. but actually it could just be resistance training in general so you know training at home by yourself and having anxiety to you know trying that out and why would you have anxiety if there's no one around you that's something we'll kind of get into later on that's i'm literally going to after I just explain the context of what we're going to talk about the polls, I'm going to bring up something that uh, one of my friends said because she made a really good point on this. Um, so what we are, we are going to start on the polls because there's a lot to talk about. For, we, sorry? Friend. All right, leave it out, mate. I'll fucking boot you <laughs> out of the studio, all right? 
I'll fucking stop this recording. We'll, we'll sack the podcast off. Right? Just pull the internet cable out. Yeah, pull the internet out. Context for all this then. If, you, if you're a long-term listener of the show, you'll know that we often talk about adherence and participation and things like resistance training. So going to the gym, lifting some weights, etc. It's something we have mentioned numerous times, whether that's the WHO guidelines or data on the adherence levels and or tips on how you can get started, etc., etc. But we also more recently actually have spoke about how exercise in general can be a tool to help you with things like anxiety-related disorders. So you might think, okay, just go to the gym, it will improve your anxiety, improve your whatever your mental well-being situation situation is but what if exercise more specifically resistance training in this um, paper is linked with an individual's anxiety or any sort of mental well-being um, uh, disorder so basically exercise related anxiety if someone has that what then because if we're saying oh you can go to the gym and improve xyz but if xyz is the cause of that then that's obviously a bit problematic isn't it um so we did we we put some put some polls out there and we got some responses from you lovely people out there listening. And we'll go through them. There's quite a lot to go through. So this will be quite a big conversation. And then we will talk about um, uh, the paper itself. I'll quickly go back to what you said, Tom, um, which is quite important because you were saying about how people, some some people, they associate it with our people anxious to go to the gym itself because of the social implications of, oh, there's loads of people there, all this machine, blah, blah, blah. But you're saying, what if it's exercise even at home? And they made a good point there. So if I read what she said okay cool yeah so i'll start from the i'll start from pretty much the beginning so mm. this person who i spoke to a good friend of mine she actually has suffered with anxiety for a long time not gym related but just anxiety in general um and she's actually spoken on another podcast about this is really interesting um and i basically asked look have you ever or do you suffer from exercise related anxiety and she put in short no um, and then she put, do you, do you mean anxious if you don't work out or about feeling like I've not done well enough? As Basically, she highlighted there's lots of avenues to this. There is lots of different ways yeah. we can approach this. We'll try and keep it quite confined. It'll be absolute carnage. It'll be like a spider. We'll have to like release a PDF. In relation to the paper, I suppose. But that is a good point, though. There are different ways we can get anxious. Yeah, so if we, don't, if we don't mention something you're thinking of or you think we've missed something, just please be aware we are aware of the different avenues. We're just... It's going to be, we might just miss something because of how much is going on here. This is the context of feeling anxious in regards to something that would actually affect the adherence to exercise rather than feeling yeah, anxious adherence. because you haven't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the opposite of that. But what this person said, which is really important, it links to another poll result earlier. So we're kind of going all over the polls. I'm not going very, um, I'm not going, going to go in a sort of routine order. We're going to go bouncing all over the place. But um, she put, I would say sometimes I'm apprehensive or a little down on myself, but to me, anxiety is such a big word and a big thing that I would say I've never felt anxious about those things. So essentially, because she knows what it's like to feel anxious in other situations, she can kind of highlight a difference. Does that make sense? So she might feel a bit down or a bit apprehensive about going to the gym that day, for example, but she's like, well, this is not actually, because anxiety is quite a serious thing. And I think this is something that we need to talk about because a lot of the results that came in a lot of the feedback that come in i wouldn't necessarily someone's actually they're actually suffering with anxiety to go to the gym they're just they, they're maybe apprehension involved and this is where someone else yeah. put a message in which i'll, I'll five five uh, fast forward sorry to this this response um and this one basically said they put they have beef with this term in terms of exercise anxiety disorder did they specifically say beef yeah, they actually said I have beef with this term. Yeah, okay. no, no, I'm not joking. Yeah, so uh, p- bear with me here. Bear with me, right? So, 
happy to be proven wrong with studies, etc. Um, obviously, this is the right place to discuss this. Yeah, fair enough. This is someone we've had on the podcast before. Um, I think calling it gym anxiety, exercise-related anxiety, is problematic. First of all, linguistically speaking, I imagine for most, it's more apprehension than anxiety. So this kind of echoes what uh, the person said earlier about they sometimes feel apprehensive about going to the gym, but it's not necessarily anxiety. So they've put, yeah, they think for most people it's probably apprehension more than anxiety. Sounds like somatics, but by using a more extreme word uh, than the likely stimuli makes it a bigger issue psychologically. But also, anxiety is a term misunderstood to mostly mean a disorder when it's anxiousness a person would feel, not a diagnosable illness. They're feeling like they're having certain feelings, but it's not necessarily, they're not, you wouldn't say they have been, they're not diagnosed with anxiety. They're not actually suffering with anxiety. Does that make sense? If I, yeah, if I go on, I'm not going to necessarily on, agree with them though. They said, my two benefits is largely a marketing buzzword to target unconfident individuals and create a sense of dependency in a coach slash trainer. And I, I understand what they're saying. When I talk about some of the other results, Tom, you'll, you'll see where I can see how that would play and how a potential coach or trainer could play with that to make them feel like they're needed in a way. Um, they've, they, they're highlighted, they're maybe a bit pessimistic, but they're also just trying to look at it from, a, from another angle. Um, they What's basically, essentially, essentially, they said it seems to be fabricated to be a much bigger thing than it is. I think it's hard because I never want to assume how someone's feeling and you can't assume how someone's feeling because you don't know how they're feeling. But I understand that. Look, I'll go through the polls and we'll, we'll look at it from that way. <laughs> it, makes it, it makes a mu- much more sense when I actually go through some of the responses and you can look at it and you'll see, Tom, when you hear them, they'll be like, is that actually anxiety or they just may be a bit unsure or they're just a bit apprehensive, a bit nervous? Because you could be nervous about going to the gym. Hmm. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're doesn't necessarily mean you have you're at you're having exercise anxiety. Do you know what I mean? So if I go through what some people sent in, we'll go f- we'll start with the actual poll, which was obviously a yes or no. Does the thought of the gym make you anxious, past or present? What do you think the percentage was, Tom? Um, I'm going to say yeah, pretty high. It was pretty fifty fifty, you know. Oh really? Okay. Fifty one percent of people said yes. Forty nine. Well, because so you said huh? at one point or another, yeah, you it assumed it. Yeah, no. So it's um, it's interesting actually. I mean, like obviously we can see who sent them in. It is quite some of the people you wouldn't assume to have that. Um, but then we also we obviously we want context, don't we? So I yeah. also asked if yes to previous, what do you do to cope with exercise related anxiety? Or you know, feel free to DM if you've got anything you want to add. Right? If I go through what people actually said first in terms of what they wanted to add to it. Right, this is really actually a really good one I'll mention. So Is it my one? No, your one. <laughs> well, go on to your one, you little shouts. <laughs> but um so this person sent in. This was in the past, but this was due to not knowing what to do as well as what I looked like being in the gym. Um, it used to make me more self-conscious, but to cope I put headphones in, listening to music while Googling machines and not making eye contact, right? That's quite a common one that comes up in terms of not knowing what to do. I th- I think that the difficulty is because if I go back to the first person I mentioned, you know, the, my friend that you like to take the piss out of, that, that she made a good point of when she has anxiety, like bad anxiety, it basically cripples her to the point where she can't do anything. Yeah. So she wouldn't actually be able to do with the gym. She wouldn't be able to go to the gym because she's literally being crippled by this, by this, um, this illness, really. Whereas not knowing what to do in the gym, I feel like a lot of people have had that. 
at one point in your life, you didn't know what to do in the gym. At one point in your life, you had no idea how to use certain machines. You had no idea how to use a gym. At one point, you might have been out of shape. That's why you've gone to the gym. So you're going to be a bit self-conscious about how you look. I won't necessarily say that all of those people are suffering with exercise anxiety. Do you know what I mean? I just think that's someone being nervous about something new. We all we all get nervous about new things. We all get worried or more a bit apprehensive. Oh, what if I what if I look silly using this machine or what if I look a bit blah, blah. that's obviously a barrier. I'm not saying it's not a barrier, but I think to then say that's anxiety might be a bit I mean, do you know what? Leading up to all of the other answers we're gonna have as well, one thing I will say is that I think anxiety, you know, it it could be on like a spectrum for people, you know, people can have anxiety that is subjective to them from the mild to the severe. Okay, yeah. So someone might say, look, I feel very anxious about X, Y, Z, but their levels of anxiety and the effects of that anxiety might be different to someone else's. But I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that doesn't sound like anxiety to me. It just sounds like you're a bit shy or something. Um, sure. One, because it's actually well out of my scope of practice. And I can't be diagnosing that. But if I'm bringing up my own anecdotal experience, um, I have worked with a lot of people that have uh, anxiety um i've also had people very close to me that have had very severe anxiety and i've suffered from it myself in the past uh, especially in my childhood growing up so i i'd like to think i can kind of throw my own personal experience in there while still putting my hand up and saying you know i am not a therapist yeah i think you're right it's hard isn't it to put it on a like pinpoint it to what it actually is yeah. because for everyone it's so different plus even if you look at like a definition of it it's very it does it does kind of echo the feelings of apprehension or the feelings of unease or the feelings of worry yeah. like is that is that so it's like depression we have different levels of depression yeah we do yeah we don't just have one big label of uh yep you have depression everyone has the exact same symptoms it's subjective to the individual this is obviously not exactly the same but it goes back to when sometimes people say oh someone could be a bit sad, it doesn't mean they're necessarily depressed because depressed yeah. is actually like a diagnosable illness. Whereas you could argue the same thing of just because someone's a little bit nervous about going to the gym doesn't necessarily mean they've got anxiety. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. you put those parallels together, you could put yeah. it in the same sort of thing of if no, you looked at a diagnose, if you look at di someone being diagnosed with anxiety, it's going to be a little bit different than someone who's just worried about going to xyz location same with you might be a bit sad that day it doesn't necessarily mean you need to go get diagnosed or depressed it might just be one of those days do you know yeah. it's obviously very it can be quite serious so i understand the points people are making and once again it's very subjective we're not therapists so we can't really <laughs> we're not going to assume you are or not <laughs> with uh with anxiety or cool um if i look at some more on this cool okay yeah big mike big mike come in the uh come in the dms here always does always get stuck in we appreciate you uh jumping in there mate I remember when I used to get really bad anxiety before stepping into a gym. I always felt like it stemmed from a sense of inadequacy or shame. I felt like I needed to hit certain lifting numbers. I felt like I needed to be stronger than I actually was. My turning point was when I realized that none of that shit actually matters. The numbers on a bar are irrelevant. The strength standards, if you are just lifting for fun and general health, are absolutely irrelevant. What was important was how I felt each set, how easy slash hard it felt. Did I hit my prescribed RPE? Did I feel a sense of accomplishment? Those are the things that mattered. I only feel anxiety when I'm about to crush a nasty leg day now. <laughs> I think we've all been there with the big, with the big leg day. Yeah. Um, but once again, this just echoes what someone said before. I think a lot of these feelings people have is when they initially start the gym. It's very common. Hmm. Because of because of the way it is in terms of training and gym, people are very worried about how they look, how to use things. Should they be doing this? Should they be doing better? Should they be working harder? But there's also the, 
stigma behind gyms as well. Where like mm. if you haven't been to one before, how well, the way the media's portrayed it, social media in particular, you know, that you have to look a certain way to go to a gym or you have to be able to do certain things to go to a gym, which isn't necessarily true. I mean, the gym is for everyone, but obviously it is portrayed in this very intimidate as this very intimidating tribe like, you know, environment. Right. We'll go through some more of the responses in terms of how people coped with what they, you know, they thought they were having exercise-related anxiety. What did they do? <laughs> and this one, I might as well read your one out, Tom. <laughs> so I want to clarify, for legal purposes, this is 100% a joke. And even though it is something I could have very easily have done, it is just a joke. But I you, are a servant. you are a servant of the Data Protection Act, aren't you? You are. Yeah, exactly. A, you're a loyal servant to that law. So <laughs> Tom put... Knowing that if I really wanted to, I could pull members' names and addresses from the gym system. <laughs> that sounds very scary, Tom. Just to clarify, that is 100% a joke. However, I could 100% do that. You could do it, yeah. But it is a it. joke. Yeah, and that's how Tom dealt with it. But I could do it. Just like I could go to, you know, B&Q and buy some gaffer tape and a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they take gloves and some lime and a shovel. This, but this is, is all just theoretical, problem. you know. Of yeah, course, this is I didn't not, do this stuff, but this, I could this, <laughs> It's definitely theoretical. Let's move this swiftly on before you start. <laughs> Even right, though I could. Go through, let's go through the rest of the responses before Tom gets himself in trouble. Um, so we've got Jade here. She sent in quite a multi one here, which is pretty good. So I like this one, actually. Realise everyone is there for them and focusing on themselves, not on you. And everyone is in there for the same reasons, fitness, strength, weight loss, etc. If anyone is judging you, they are a duck. They did recruit that to Dick, but they said they originally said duck. Thought I'd just mention that. <laughs> I can't like but duck they, better to be honest with you. Yeah, they do, yeah. It sounds they, more belittling. But they did correct it to Dick. I hope we that all catches know on. Like, Autocorrect on iPhone is a pain in the ass, but yes. Um, just a, just a reminder, guys. These responses now, are what people put to <laughs> how if you said yes to you've ever suffered with exercise anxiety, what have you done to cope with it? Um, or reduce it okay this, this is what these responses are referring to right so this person has gone through a big bit of realization i think a lot of people do in the gym is that they realize it's just in general life actually no one really watches what you're doing everyone's so concerned about themselves that no one really even notices you that much unless you're doing something absolutely fucking mental um that's obviously going to catch people's attention most of, if you just go in and do your normal gym session it's very unlikely that anyone is even new knew you there yeah Everyone's there for, the, for this pretty much the same reason. Crack out their session and get on with it, mm. right? So that's a pretty good realisation. Um, another one came in, Dale. So he put zone out, music, and focus on structured session. So yeah, music's obviously a quite a common one for people to kind of zone out of the situation they're in. Uh, and focus on a structured session, I think it's quite good because if you've got a session already planned out for you, it's less for you to worry about, isn't it? You're not having to worry about, oh, what am I going to do when I get to the gym? What am I doing? I don't know what to do. Which, funny enough, is actually a technique you can use for anxiety, which is where you pre-plan ahead. Yeah. And I think this links to the other side of the coin where someone made another argument was, do you remember the first one about the person saying how it could be a marketing buzzword? Yes. How trainers could potentially attack, you know, use that and be like, oh, do you suffer with gym anxiety? You, you, do you get crippled with anxiety to step basically. into the gym? Yeah. If you're crippled with anxiety before you step into the gym, I'll help you out. They've they've got the, the tactics behind it on how to cope. They've got a solution. Yeah, they've got a solution. I can give you a structured session. You don't have to worry about what you're doing in the gym. I can help all your problems. You'll never be anxious again. So I can see where that can come into play. And we know the we know the personal training business can be quite predatory. So oh, it, doesn't God, yeah. it doesn't surprise me that someone has mentioned Could that. Could be. 
Could be yeah, okay. No could behind it. The next one, someone's put go more often. And this is interesting, actually, because... That's another tactic, it, actually. It's another tactic. If we look, and we, we all come on to these cognitive behavioural technique yeah. stuff, but exposing yourself to said situation, obviously in a controlled manner, yeah, can actually help. By going more often, you are essentially exposing yourself to this um, anxiety almost, and your body is almost, I don't know what you want to say, adapting to it, you could say. Yeah. Psychologically adapting to the situation. And you become yeah. to realise it's actually not that bad. It's not that scary. And if it is because of reasons like you don't know what you're doing or et cetera, et cetera, well, if you keep going, you will eventually know what you're doing. Just so gradual exposure. Gradual exposure. Yeah, once again, I'll stress that's a controlled environment. You wouldn't, if you were very, if you were someone who's very anxious about the gym, you wouldn't just start going <laughs> seven days a week, just jumping in and just going rogue for an hour a day. If you was a non-swimmer, <laughs> we wouldn't just chuck you headfirst into the deep end. No, absolutely you know. not. But, you know, it's kind of similar way that you might, you might start off just walking in the shallow end and walking gradually, gradually, gradually each time until the water starts getting gradually deeper. I think that analogy works, maybe. Sounds good. Got another one here. So let me see if I can just understand what this means. So they've put lifting and shifting, partner, one place, one space, all sessions, planned sessions with option B. Are you reading okay, that advertisement? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it sounds like it. Lifting and shifting, partner partner one place one space okay so essentially what they're trying to say is you're not changing your environment too much um, which i actually understand to be fair because some people don't, some people don't react very well to change do they so and then plan session with your other person so yeah i, can, I understand that they're having that's basically having support isn't it they're essentially saying they're look a, a familiar place where you know where everything is you know exactly where how to do things all the stuff in there you know what it is you know where it is so that takes away that worry and you're doing it with someone else which takes a bit of that load off of you and obviously it's a nice social thing isn't it that is if you are that way inclined an environment which you feel s- relatively safe with Following on from that, someone's basically echoed that. This is uh, Jenny, one of our uh, patrons, producer of the show. She's put, I'm much more uh, comfortable now, but I found going with someone really helped at first. So once again, having that support of someone going with you, obviously, it just takes a bit of that burden away, doesn't it? Like if you're unsure about something, you've got someone to talk to. You've got someone to bounce a bit of ideas off, you know? If you ever get jumped in the locker room, you know you've got someone else there. (laughs) That's quite quick, isn't it? (laughs) Probably not helpful with the whole anxiety thing here. These things don't, usually happen by the way notice i said this usually, is really you're never 100 percent safe this is really weird how they all, they all these like responses seem to like link onto each other like in pairs so the next one is quieten the inner arsehole and go anyway always better after and the next one was suck it up <laughs> so there's like there's like two there which are pretty quieten nice. the inner arsehole mm. yeah that sounds like Very david nice. goggins sounds like sun Tzu. yeah sun Tzu. Art of sucking war. up one's inner arsehole yeah Quite no, not sucking the arse. No, not suck the arsehole. Quieten the inner arsehole. Oh, sorry. Don't There's know. No oh, sorry. Going they said it. suck it up. I'm combining yeah, the two yeah. together. Yeah, you, 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 you just what you want to hear. Sucking up your own arsehole. Yeah. yeah. Really brilliant. The mind hears what the heart desires. <laughs> Next two, try not to talk to others and avoid the gym. I mean, avoid the gym. Um, that's obviously a solution that obviously that will stop you from getting exercise related anxiety if you're avoiding the gym but it's not really going to solve the not problem something we'd recommend yeah no it's not something i'd recommend um you tried you you tried you got involved in the poll so good job just just don't do it again to be fair though I'm, I'm like, <laughs> just don't do it again look i'm it's not for everyone. Obviously, we're always going to be advocates for more exercise. You know, if you want to get in touch, um, personally send that in. Obviously, feel free to get in touch. 
obviously you might want a bit of steering in the right direction there hmm. uh, and obviously the try not to talk to others you know what fair <laughs> enough if if you're no to be yeah, fair some people say fair some people don't go to the gym to socialize you know they just want to go there crack yeah. up the work and go for it and if you find if the thought of you having to socialize is making you a bit anxious or is giving you quite bad anxiety trying not to talk to others sounds like a good solution really yeah you, i don't, you don't, I don't to blame to you to be honest for you, you don't, yeah there's people who see the gym people yeah. are awful yeah, so this the once again these next two linkers are oh, mad, right? So these two different people, but they link. First one, watch clips of exercise of unsure. Also listen to music. Next one was I used to, but once I got comfortable knowing that what I was doing in the gym, it was less. So two two of them again, people unsure of what to do in the gym, and this is what I mean, Tom, by a lot of people, pretty much everyone at one point would not know what to do in the gym. Yeah. But that's the same with pretty much anything. If you go to a new job, if you go to a new place, you might not know what's going on. Are you necessarily suffering with anxiety, or are you just a bit nervous? Mm. But I don't know if them two. Are this, I don't know if there's a, if nervousness is is part of the anxiety spectrum. I'm not really that clued up on anxiety to know that. Yeah. But when I think of anxiety, I think of a diagnosable illness where someone like before is crippled almost, or they're having they they can't do the activity they want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, prevent- I mean, it's preventing them from doing what they want to do. From my own experience, you know, and the people around me as well, it 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 can be severe. Like it's just a, that that word, like crippling, like it's an impending sense of doom. Like something sure. negative is going to happen. Yeah, okay. and the problem is, is that sometimes the more you actually think about it, the more you can work yourself up over it. Hmm. And sometimes just trying to brush it off can make it even worse, you know, not just for yourself, but like, uh, no, sorry, like if an external source or someone else is just constantly going, oh, it's fine, it's fine, you'll be okay, you'll be okay, it's fine, it's fine. Actually, what you're doing is you're kind of, um, and this goes back to, I can't remember the exact words we use here, but it goes well back to when we spoke about mental health with Danny when people were saying, oh, you'll be okay. But it just basically, it brushes it off and just completely like, yeah, it just brushes off that person's experience. Brushes off that person's why, experience. I think it's why it's such a hard conversation, isn't it? Such a hard yeah. topic to cover because it's such a broad term. But I understand what people are saying when they say, look, is it not not saying people aren't experiencing these symptoms, but is it maybe the word itself is being taken out of turn? Like I mentioned before, you can feel a certain way. It doesn't mean you're necessarily diagnosed with X, Y, Z. Oh yeah, anyone you know can I mean? just throw it out there without actually thinking. Well, actually, is this yeah. by de- definition anxiety? You know, like I, I sometimes I use the term "oh, it's healthy nerves." You know, oh, I'm nervous about something, but it's healthy nerves. Yeah, exactly. If I, if you do anything new, Tom, you, when you're ner- you get nervous because you're like, well, I don't really know what I'm doing, so but you need to learn. But obviously, that, yeah. there's a sense of nervous. I, I, I wouldn't say necessarily me personally. I, I wouldn't say I, I'm I'm feeling anxious. I would never use that language myself. Like the comment before said about linguistically, that term sometimes gets used. But if I go back to that um, that early comment, I can't say I, I would fully agree with it. Um, I know they said it was just their opinion, and so fair enough, they haven't just like c- cemented their opinion on that. But the thing is, let's just say if it was a situation where someone generally does need to begin some form of resistance training for their overall health, they've given, been given some dying news by their doctor, and this is something now where their health depends on it. Mm-hmm. They need to do it. But that, you know, that anxiety is crippling to the point where like, I just, I, I, I don't feel like I can do it. Either I can't go to a gym because of X, Y, Z, whether it's to do with like the people 
or the thought of actually just going there and doing something wrong and people laughing at me or I don't want to do it myself at home. I don't feel like I can because actually I'm scared that I might find I'm incapable. Actually, I'm, you know what? I'm going to use this term a lot throughout this, fear of failure. Yes. You get yep. that fear of failure. And this is why I was saying, you know, it can also go with like if you're just training by yourself, you know, runners as well. Um, I have this a lot with people who 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 need to be able to run a certain distance so with the military, etc. You know, if I'm training people for certain job roles, etc. You know, one of the difficult things for me to do is to actually get them doing things in their own time. And it's not because they haven't got the time to do it or they haven't got the motivation to do it, but they generally have that fear of failure when mm. they're by themselves, particularly running because they're worried that they're not going to get the time that is desired of them. They're not going to be able to get the distance that is desired of them. And it's like, well, it's a catch-22 situation, ain't it? Because, well, in order to build up to that, guess what you've got to do? You've actually got to expose yourself to running. You've actually got to run to be able to build up the fitness and the specificity to get to this timeless distance. But people think, well, I just don't want to run because I'm 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 scared of what I'm gonna I'm I'm scared I might not actually get that time. I'm scared I might not be able to get to that distance. And it's that fear of failure. And it can lead to some pretty bad anxiety. It can be crippling. That's a good point. I mean, if I go back to when you speak just to use the term crippling there, if I go back to the the first person I mentioned, she was saying how the it's difficulty, the difference between nervousness and anxiety. So as I said before, she's someone who suffered anxiety for a very long time. And she basically said, look, anxiety generally compl- uh, completely prevents you from engaging in a thing that you want to do. Being nervous is more manageable and normal because I think everyone experiences nervousness at some point in their life. But it's manageable because normally it's to do with something like, if we go to the gym example, you're nervous about using, I don't know, the lap pull-down machine because you don't know how to use it. But we can manage that because you can ask someone. You can yeah. look at the pictures. You can look it up. There's ways around it. Whereas if you get, I don't know, severely anxious about it. Not saying it's easy, but there are solutions. Yeah, but if you're anxious, you would literally will do nothing. You're Essentially, what you're trying to say is you wouldn't do anything. You would just stop and just you wouldn't you'd prevent you from even looking at it. You'd have to just stop what you were doing altogether because the thought of it is so overwhelming that you're essentially going through... I don't know what the actual terminology is, but you're going through an anxious, I don't know, episode. I don't, I don't know what the term is, but do you know what? Let's put it this way: like, um, if I, if I was to go back in time and like I was in year nine at school, you know, I'm in year nine at school. I've already got my friends, I've already got my social group, etc. And all of a sudden, I was taken out of that school, and I was told I've been put into a new one. I'd be anxious as fuck. Yeah, there's lots to I'll deal be with. I'm anxious as fuck. I'm going to a completely new school. People already have their own social groups. I'm going to be the odd one out there. I'm a child, so I don't know how to properly like control my emotions of expectations yet. It's a scary world being a kid. So with that, I'll, I could say, oh, yeah, I'd be ang- anxious as fuck there. And I think the difficulty that is, mate, is you can't. You, the difference that is, you can't not do it because you have to exactly. go to school. So you, you will get forced to go to school. But this is my next point. And I think it might be to do with things that we actively want to do. Mm. So, for example, if we was playing paintball mm-hmm. and I knew there were some fuckers around the corner and I wanted to go and assault them, like, I, I want to do it, but I'm nervous because I know they're around the corner, but I want to do it. 
I'm not. I haven't got anxiety, but because I actually want to do it, I actually want, want to do, to it, do yeah. this. Okay, yeah. This is mm. something that I have, you know, an intrinsic motivation to do here. I want to go oh, smash these yeah, so I understand, I understand I'm still nervous. Now, yeah, because you want to do it. Whereas for some people, exercise is not something they necessarily really want to do. But like you mentioned, they've been told, look, you're in a situation now where your health, you need to go and do some form of exercise. They're not necessarily yeah. want to do it, but they have to kind of do it. But because if we go to the exercise exercise anxiety it's more severe because it's not an intrinsic desire to go to the gym now without me skipping well ahead of ourselves i will give a bit of a spoiler here and that is like this is why with my approach to training people got well, outside that person there where i'm using it as a marketing term but in regards to my approach and to be fair i'd recommend this with anyone this is why i'd recommend if you are getting into some form of fitness or training for let's just say health reasons or recreational reasons, find an activity you actually enjoy and want to do. This is why I'm not one of those people where I like to force things on someone. No, you have to barbell squat. You have to barbell squat because it's the kin of lift, so you have to do that. But this person who is anxious, not nervous, but anxious, coming to gym now because she doesn't want to be barbell squatting, and she's really worried about doing it. And there's me trying to force them. But let's just say they took an, a liking to leg press. And so they've got that intrinsic motivation where they could do it themselves. And here's another keyword for you. They're building that self-efficacy now. Where they're so feeling confident in their own ability to yeah, do that, with it. We are going to talk about self-efficacy because that's quite important when we do look at this new paper. Um, if we just wrap up these polls and the, uh, the sort of the, the, the engagement we have with you guys out there. There's a couple more from that uh, on the actual Instagram page and I'll go back to the original person because they made a point that I'm fully aware I forgot to talk about when Tom mentioned it but we'll re rewind in a second. Get all food and gym clothes ready the day before so no excuses to yourself. Once again, that's not. A, it's hard to say what that, that just seems like you're being more organised. You're, you're kind of... Ah, do you know what? I'll caveat that because I, I kind of see where they're going with this. Yeah. But I've actually used this with people before that have had runner's anxiety. Okay. Where I've, I've said to them, look, let's just say tomorrow, don't go for your run. You don't have to go for your run. But what I do want you to do is just put your running shoes on and just walk around the house, watch TV with your running shoes on. You know, if you do want to, if you put them on and suddenly decide, actually, I do want to walk out of the house, go for it. I'm not going to come around there and stop you. There's That's no great. pressure there, is there? Exactly. But just put your shoes on. That's all I want you to do. I just want you to put them on. Exposure. Extreme mm. low level exposure. You haven't got to put them on. If it's, if, if it's that, I'm talking about a very severe case. But literally just holding your shoes in your hand and fucking just getting, the just getting things up. ready, isn't it? Just having things ready for the next day is, is is exposure, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it has happened before where someone said to me, like, yeah, I put my shoes on afterwards, like, I just suddenly had that feeling like, okay, yeah, I should probably go out now. You know, it might not happen. They might put on their shoes and then take them off after 15 minutes, but it's small exposure. It's small exposure. It's getting over one fin at a time. You know, and you could build up, it could be a simple case of, this is me trying to get someone to go running, yeah? Just put your shoes on, walk around the house, okay? Now do you think you could put your shoes on and just step outside the door? If you want to go straight back in, that's up to you. Okay, can you now put your shoes on, walk out the door and just walk to the end of your street and just see what I mean? Graded exposure. This is going to sound really pathetic to a lot of people, but I promise you, you know, some people need these interventions and they do work, mm. but everyone's yeah. different. Yeah. 
once again, we just want to stress, guys, that this is obviously a very wide topic in terms of levels of responses, levels of severity, um, your personal subjective experiences. There's a lot to it, okay? So yeah. please bear that in mind. Obviously, we are fully open to people sending messages in if they've got anything they want to add or they want to you know, caveat anything. You're absolutely fine. But obviously, just please bear in mind, don't like smash our DM saying, but what about this? What about this? I've had, I've, we are fully aware that there's obviously lots of context that we could explore, right? We're just trying to keep it in this in this line right yeah and the last one on the polls which is obviously a bit of a, of a joke one so we would not recommend this 600 milligram 600 milligrams of caffeine <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> now we're talking yeah now we're talking yeah, that's gonna make things a lot better isn't it <laughs> load up on 600 milligrams of caffeine and pcp and show those fuckers who's boss you become the reason that others are anxious <laughs> yeah. let me just finish by rewinding back to something tom said at the start of this conversation that was when people think of gym anxiety, they all normally refer it to going to the gym. People are anxious about even just going to the gym. But Tom mentioned, okay, what about people being at home and just anxious to do exercise because of the response they're going to have? Well, this person, when they this is the one at the start when they said that, that you know, in short, no, they do not suffer with exercise-related anxiety. However, they made the point was I basically asked, do you find going to the gym helps when you have, if you have anxiety, do you find if you go to the gym, it will sometimes help you? Will it help improve your symptoms? Um, she put, helps for sure, but she said, sometimes getting my heart rate too high freaks me out because that's one of the main symptoms of my anxiety. Hmm. Okay, so that's, and then she basically put, um, yeah, subconsciously, that's why I don't push myself in wads sometimes. So that's workout of the day. It's a CrossFit term if you're unaware. So that she sometimes she says that's why subconsciously I don't push myself sometimes. But she obviously knows she can stop, and that's an interesting yeah. point, isn't it? The, the, because it's because of a heart rate racing, and you know that elevated resp stress response is a symptom of anxiety. Sometimes at a workout, associated it, yeah. Because you do a hard workout, sometimes your heart will spike, obviously naturally. But if that's associated with that subconsciously. She's basically saying, I don't push myself sometimes because in the back of your head, you're like, well, if my heart is getting a bit high now, it's starting to link to. So it's had a nocebic effect. A no, yeah. And that is still part of, I still, even though she said in short, no, that is still linked with exercise related anxiety because there is something there. a negative that, outcome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you're, you, you have an expectation of potentially if your heart rate gets too high, you're worried about having your worry, your anxiety is going to, you know, increase and that's not, you obviously don't want that. So when actually it might be completely irrelevant to anxiety itself and it might be actually beneficial in the long run because you are spiking your heart rate in an, you know, anaerobic sense. So yes, guys, that's kind of the, the bulk of what we got sent in. You know, once again, thank you to everyone to get involved, especially, uh, you know, a friend there, I won't name her just in case she doesn't want me to name her, but really appreciate people actually getting in touch and having lengthy dialogue about this topic because yeah. it's a, it's a, it can be quite a personal topic and not everyone can feel comfortable talking about it so thank you for people who did and who got involved with the polls once again guys if you want to get involved with future engagements you can talk to us and we can you know have back and forth and get you sort of we can talk about the stuff we've discussed on the podcast check out the show notes below follow us on instagram you, you know we've we've got personal ones and obviously the podcast one go give it a follow and you can get involved as well Polls aside, we're now going to look at a new paper, um, got which is going to <laughs> which is which is going to unpack this topic a bit further and give you some more um, kind of actionable ideas, maybe some techniques that maybe you could potentially use, or you can it's food for thought. Right, we'll start with what this paper identifies. It identifies a key thing. 
several exercise modalities, including resistance training, have demonstrated efficacy at reducing symptoms of ARDs. Okay, that's their um, anxiety-related disorders. Okay, so that's <coughs> not just exercise specifically there. They're talking about anxiety-related disorders in general. So anxiety in general, right? Quote continued. However, there are challenges associated with effectively implementing such protocols, most notably exercise avoidance or early discontinuation so basically people not doing it in the first place or people not adhering to long-term um, training right so if we have the guidelines the who guidelines for example people often don't meet them um, consistently right they'll discontinue as mm. a paper kind of thing right so the paper itself was a randomized controlled trial and its purpose was to examine the effects of combining Cognitive behavioral techniques, so CBT for short, we'll probably use that going forward to save my, save my tongue to spin. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to happen. Um, so combining CBT with a RT, so resistance training program, on changes in exercise anxiety, exercise frequency, disorder-specific anxiety symptoms, and physical activity for people with anxiety-related disorders. So quite a lot going on there. Basically, they're trying, basically what they're doing is they're combining some cognitive behavioral techniques with going to the gym and lifting some weights and seeing what happens, right? Mm. What they did, they got 59 physically inactive individuals, right? people who don't obviously do much, who had anxiety-related disorders and they were randomized into either a RT plus CBT group, just an RT group, so just a training group, or a wait list. Right, so imagine if you go to your doctor, you've got a wait list, basically you've been banged, banged in a wait list, nothing really happens. Primary measures were assessed at baseline weekly during the four-week active phase and at one week, one month, and three-month follow-ups. Right, so basically they they did a lot of assessments during this process. Right, and the findings, so it gets exciting. So buckle in. Findings indicate that both resistance training and resistance training plus cognitive behavioral techniques can reduce exercise anxiety. However, the addition of those CBT techniques may help facilitate improvements in exercise self-efficacy, reductions in disorder-specific anxiety, and increases in long-term exercise behavior and vigorous physical activity. Right, so essentially what they're saying there is, while just going to the gym can have a benefit, which is fine, but having the cognitive behavioral techniques as well is going to improve. And this is why it's really important because while saying, oh yeah, okay, resistance training helps, but what if the root cause or one of the you know main factors of your anxiety is the gym? Then obviously you're not going to be able to go in and just do some weights, are you? You're going to need something else to help you out. I mean, to be honest, like if you are going to the gym anyway and you're already kind of exposing yourself to it, which will kind of hopefully reduce any symptoms of anxiety in the first place. So I would expect there to be improvements with that anyway. I mean, we should probably mention, you know, talk about what do we mean by cognitive behavior techniques? Because you're probably thinking, well, that just sounds like a really fruity buzzword like what what do we mean by cognitive behavior techniques um tom I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been exposed to this quite a bit yeah, especially with the behavior you know change stuff actually um one thing i do want to quickly say like we was taking a piss earlier because someone in the poll said like how it sounds like it's a it could be like a buzzwordy kind of way to kind mm. of like sell personal training etc um cbt courses have actually been pretty popular in the really? personal training industry for a good couple of years now okay. um i mean I've not been personal training for that long compared to a lot of other people. I've been doing it since what twenty seventeen, yeah, twenty seventeen. And was it that twenty seventeen? Was it 
2017 is when I started doing it. 2016 was when I began studying it. So let's, Joe, let's say earlier as 2016, I remember, you know, courses being available. Oh, okay. In regards to, oh, CBT is a, it's a continued course for personal trainers. Mm. So cognitive behavioral therapy, can't believe I just did that all in one go. It's basically a way where we can kind of use tools and frameworks to kind of meet certain disorders such as like anxiety etc it gives you toolkits it's kind of it's similar to behavior change behavior change and motivational interviewing kind of all has these tools in that very similar to cbt um there's many different things it encompasses it could be imagery so usually positive imagery Mm -hmm. so we're literally just picturing the things that might be making Mm -hmm. you you know fearful and basically exposing you to it from that sense where, okay, not actually in the room with the monster itself, but just by picturing it, you're slowly exposing yourself that way. There's other tools as well. Yeah, okay, they make that sound a bit saucy. I was punching the microphone, sorry. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Right. So it, sound, it sounds a lot louder on mine. It sounds like a joint going. You know, there's like relaxation techniques, breathing, you know, muscle relaxation, etc. Speaking of muscle relaxation... When we did a, I don't, did we leave it? In the, I don't think we left it in the actual full podcast. Remember the ASMR thing we did last week? At the end. Yes. I put oh, something East on Enders our story. ASMR. Yeah, EastEnders ASMR. Yeah. What do we say again? Hello, mate. Pork scratchings. There we go. Yeah, pork scratchings. Yeah, major analysis. But um, we did that. We we took a little clip from the Patreon feed that we released that, and um, people said they wanted a full ASMR episode on the poll. I, um, I could do that for money. So for, for money, I'll so get that for yeah. money. I'll fucking make an OnlyFans. I've got no dignity. I'll <laughs> I'll talk fans. about pork scratchings, you know, shandies, lagers, whatever. You, know what you, you can want. do, I'll do like a pub ASMR role play. Only, OnlyFans, you naked in a pub <laughs> <laughs> talking about ASMR stuff. Do you know what? That sounds like something that would actually be real. So yeah, does, I actually went onto Twitch once, and there was an ASMR guy on there whose whole channel was dedicated to sizzling steaks. Really? And I can imagine that being, yeah, I can, I can see why that would be relaxing. Actually. Yeah, and the microphone was just, you know, up against his fucking sizzler. Mm. You know, it was, and it was nice to be fair. He was putting butter on it. And I'm, again, I'm getting horny thinking about it, so I'm going to stop. Um, <laughs> getting horny thinking you know, about it. We could do, me and you could do a new ASMR channel where we go behind a bar and we just pour pints. Just pour just pints, pour yeah. pints. Open up crisp packets. Don't actually drink them, just pour pints. Just pour pints. What other sound effects would you kind of get at a pub? A pub. A bell uh, ringing. Last yeah, a fight, a glass getting smashed, the someone getting been smashed there. with a glass. The regular who's been in there since 9am, passing out yep. on, fucking <laughs> snook- on the snooker <laughs> table. <laughs> someone yeah. pissing up the corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've just described British culture. Well, In the space anyway, of, back, you know, a few back, minutes. Back to behaviour techniques. Um, oh, God. So t- you'll t- get the full t- documentary on. and all that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, on Patreon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're on the Patreon. <laughs> um, but yeah, like lots of distraction techniques as well. Um, yeah, role plays. Role plays is a big one as well. Basically, all different ways you could kind of expose yourself to this and give you the tools where you can think, okay, well, I could come up with plans in case these... One, by role playing things, you're actually putting yourself in a situation but in a safe environment, you know. You could do it from your own home with a therapist or with a friend or in, in the mirror, you know. And it's just it's just soft exposure, it's soft exposure to things that are actually making you anxious, but also things where you can kind of sit back and make a plan in case the worst thing you think is going to happen actually happens as well, you know, so you're not caught by surprise. Like there's all different tools you can have. And um, look, I can open up personally here 
it was something I wasn't originally going to do, but we'll open up personally. And that is like, um, so yeah, when I was, one of the reasons why I mentioned school earlier is because when I was in my early teens, I had severe anxiety and I had it with school. And, um, you know, it got to the point where I actually took a lot of time off of school, you know, simply because I just had such, that word, crippling anxiety where I couldn't go. And, you know, I want to say funny enough, but it's not funny really, but um, I had it very recently with my older son as well, where he had that crippling anxiety where we was very, we were struggling to get him to school, you know, and it was, you know, it was very, very tough. It was well, very mate, tough I, I know family. someone who actually, someone actually was homeschooled for pretty much all of their school things. They were actually had, they were so anxious, they couldn't actually go to it school. It is. From so they the, got pulled out and were yeah. homeschooled, yeah. From experiencing it myself, you, you can't explain it to someone unless they've suffered it themselves. I'm using that word this, on purpose, suffered. And this is why I think it's difficult. But this is why I see when people make the comments of, oh, is it, is it just that are they just using the word about really truly understanding? Because you could be you could be nervous about going to school, or you can be a bit worried about oh I don't like this class, or I've got to see little Timmy. I don't like Timmy; he's a bit annoying. I don't want to. You can you can have certain feelings, yeah. but if you're getting to the point where you are, you are literally you know you're suffering because you you you, you, you the, the thought of going to school is basically destroying you. That's I think. Oh no, for a me, big difference, like, it yeah. got to the point where like um you know like the night before. I'd be having panic attacks just because the thought of yeah. if I go to bed now, the next moment I open my eyes, I'll have to be giving, getting ready to go to school. Mm. You know, you yeah. know, if I was forced to school, which I was many times, you know, once again, it'd feel like I was having a heart attack. You know, and I was panicking. Now, the, the thing with anxiety is eventually you start panicking due to the anxiety itself. So no longer am I even like worried about the school. I now have anxiety because of the anxiety. It's a self-fulfilling prof- prophecy. Yeah, because you know what it feels like and you're worried about feeling like it again. So then it's like a weird cycle, isn't it, of you're anxious about feeling anxious and then it just becomes I mean, like violent. One thing violent I'm, if there's one thing I can say like I'm really proud of, you know, in my life, especially as a father, is that I've managed to kids in regards to this very much so. Like not only that, but with my personal experience because my outer family had no idea how to deal with this. And to them it was just a case of, oh, you'll be okay. You know, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. And just brushing it off and then getting angry as well. And I can't blame... You know, I can't blame people that get upset with people who have anxiety because they just don't understand, Hmm. you know. But, one, I am qualified in behaviour change coaching, so that came in handy. Um, And two, yeah, I had it myself so I could empathise as well as have the skills and tools in order to help my children. And, yeah, like I, I use some of these tools, so we did things like role play, just setting them down and questioning them. The whole point is, is that I was actually making him talk himself into us and that actually there isn't that much to be anxious of. Instead of just brushing under the carpet going, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I'll sit down and say, well, what do you, what are you actually worried about? Okay. Why does that worry you? Okay. What do you think will happen if X, Y, Z? Would it make it better if we could, you know, and I'm giving them options and in the morning distractions as well, you know, giving distractions in the morning, holding conversations that was irrelevant to school itself, you know, lots of lots of tools to give. There's a lot, um, there is lots of tools, isn't there? And um, I think as well, Tom, if we look at some of the, the responses people sent in, they actually didn't realise, but some of them were using cognitive behaviour techniques. Yeah. For example, one person put, I think it was Jade, she mentioned how she became aware of that no one, re- no one was really paying attention. And that links to a technique that basically says um, gaining a better understanding of the behaviour and motivation of others. 
Yeah. That essentially links to that because you're understanding, okay, the behavior and the motivation of us is there to go to the gym. They're not there to look at you or to judge you. They're there to do their session. And because you've become, because you've understood that, you've then lowered your anxiety or your feelings of unease about going to the gym. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it can be, yeah, remember that keyword I said earlier, soft exposure. Soft exposure. Soft yeah. exposure. So you're not just throwing them in the deep end. You're, mm. you're, you're, you're gradually taking them to it, if that makes sense. So what I would do mm. with my son was on his days off, because I, I take my son walking all the time, is I purposely started on the days off where he knows he hasn't got school, I will actually walk past a school. Mm, you know, just him simply yeah. seeing it. You know, so now he can start associating that with our walks. Do you see what I mean? And I was asking about the school. Like, there's like a weird little town thing on top of the, on the school and I was asking if fucking wizards lived there or whatever else. But little things that were distractions that were soft exposures to the school. Do you see what I mean? And you know what? Like, There's another word that keeps cropping up here, particularly in that study as well, and that is self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. What do we actually mean by self-efficacy? It's the person's ability to feel confident in the task at hand. If you look at CBT, so cognitive behavior techniques, or you know, whatever you want to therapy, refer to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, therapy, whatever way you want to look at, it. so you say CBT. A lot of it, they basically it basically places emphasis on helping you as an individual learn to be your own therapist, almost. Yes. Okay. So I wouldn't say become your own. I see what you're getting at. I wouldn't say your own therapist because of the connotations of that. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, yeah, not an actual, therapist, yeah. Not an actual therapist. therapist. Yeah. Not. An actual but therapist. it actually gives you the power. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just like behavior change, it's about actually making you have that self-realization. You know, it's not about someone else taking the burden off you because with anxiety, with anxiety, you can't. No one can mm. take the burden off you without saying like David Goggins here or some other shit else. you know, like <laughs> it's, it is, it is your burden to kind of bear. Like but Frodo. CBT gives you the... It, it gives you a very empathetic empathetic way to actually deal with that and kind of confront those fears and makes you it makes you have this like internal realization of how to deal with the anxiety etc it might be in a case where like you might always have anxiety in regards to a particular thing it might never go away but you've got the tools to be able to deal with it better like pain We've spoken about pain before, about how like it's unrealistic to have a pain-free life. But we can have the tools, you know, we can have the tools and the ways to kind of like, you know, be able to cope with it. Yeah. I think my favourite thing that's come out of this conversation in terms of how to deal with it is the soft exposure stuff. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's, the way they'll tackle this, their CBT will be very subjective to use an individual, what you work for you. But I feel like soft exposure is a really good one because it's quite manageable and it just makes sense. Do you know what I mean? If someone, it just, it just, it yeah. does just make sense in terms of like, it, it, I can't really see why it wouldn't be worth going. So if you are someone who did say you do have exercise related anxiety or there's reasons why you struggle to go to the gym, soft exposure. And what even Tom said earlier, just grabbing your gym kit, just get, wearing your gym kit in the morning, get up in the morning, put your gym kit on. You don't, have, you don't even have to go to the gym, but just by getting up in the morning, putting your gym kit on as if you were going to the gym, that is a form of soft exposure. Do you know what? If you drove to the gym, drove to the car park, looked at the doors and then drove home, it's still soft exposure. I'd prefer you go in and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you kind of come to that realisation that, well, I'm here, you know, I fucking might as well go in now. But I mean... Um, but don't, don't pressure yourself to feel like you have to. 
that yeah. taking that pressure away makes it a lot but not nice there's, one, there's ways it? you can you can ramp this up basically you can you can reg- regress it but you can also progress it so you know you might find that you just go to the gym and and this happens all the time with newbies particularly at christmas people go to the gym and they might just go on the treadmill for 10 minutes then go home if it's getting you there happy days eventually you might get curious you might go and check out one of the machines you might go on leg extension that's absolutely fine I tell you what I do is like um, I add a lot of I mean a lot of these techniques are a bit more progress because of what it actually is. But like um, I run a barbell class for women only. Now the reason why I do that is because one, admittedly, it's fucking great marketing for me and my business <laughs> yeah. because I primarily try women, train women, particularly ones that you know want to get into kind of strength training, etc. But a lot of the women that come to my class don't know what they're getting themselves into at first. But a lot of them are really, really nervous. I'm not I'm not going to quite say anxious, but a lot of them were really nervous about when they found out what they was going to be doing. And now they're like repeat offenders. They keep coming all the time and they yeah, want to slap exactly. more plates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's little tiny things, little tiny soft exposures I do to get their confidence up. So when they first come, I will do everything for them. Unless, unless they ask to do it. Or they just go to do it themselves. I won't stop them. But I'll load the bar for them. I'll choose the weight. I'll do everything for them. But over time, without making it a big deal, I'll say, oh, can you just put the clip on for me? Because one thing that a lot of people, told, a lot of women told me was um, in that particular gym is that they struggle with the clips and sometimes they feel a bit embarrassed when the clips don't go on. So that actually Wait, I struggle with those bloody going, clips sometimes. The metal yeah, ones are a pain in the ass. Terrible. I struggle with them. To, yeah, I've nightmare. Um, so I use the plastic ones now. But little things like that, I give them that soft exposure, or I'll step back and I'll say, uh, "Can you just uh, load this up to forty kilos for me, please?" Yeah, wicked. Well, Tom, that, that is that is an example soft of exposure. A, that's an example of a cognitive behaviour technique and learning to develop a greater sense of confidence in your own ability. They're building up that self-efficacy and getting rid of each little thing that they might find nervous about going down there for. One is just getting... Bear in mind, these are people who've never done barbells before. They've only done like the Zumba classes or, you know, four kilo dumbbells. You know, so this is suddenly me teaching them to deadlift and they're doing 60 kilos, 50 kilos, stuff like that is a massive dramatic change for these uh, ladies. And a lot of them are in their older years as well, which is so fucking awesome to see. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love them. Um, honestly, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like Training with them has made my passion shoot up uh, for this job. But like, um, yeah, it's little things like they was nervous about how to actually set the hooks up on there. They didn't know the hooks could move at first. You know, getting the empty barbell out because that's 20 kilos. Yeah, yeah. You know, putting the clips on. What is the etiquette for, you know, taking plates off? the rack etc do i am i allowed down here if i can only use the bar you know all these little tiny things where they're, i'm building up their self-efficacy and now i see them down there some of them doing it themselves it's great that's awesome but it's about that slow progress of building self-efficacy one's confidence in their ability to do something that's a, i think that's a, a good place to a good place to finish this uh, conversation Guys, of course, I'll just say it again, as I said it earlier, if you've got anything you want to add or you want to talk about anything we've spoke about today, <laughs> feel free to fly into those DMs. Uh, we're always happy to have a little chat and talk about things. You know, if, if you really want to go into it, we, you know, you never know. You might get you on the podcast. Who knows, eh? Obviously, depending on who you are. <laughs> but guys, that is all the news this week. Obviously, the paper will be linked down the show notes if you want to have a look. 
Um, and the only thing really left to do is to just quickly mention our amazing Patreons. Of course, we do every week. Producers. Ke- uh, Kelly? <laughs> we got a producer called Kelly? I don't think so. Like, Where did I get Kelly from? I was about to say Jenny, but obviously you've got Jenny and Kelly. We got clean and Jenny, so it's like, k, 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 and I've obviously gone to D- say that's Jenny. It's actually very efficient. We can save time, but it's yeah, combine them all together. Yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Jenny, clean, you, you know you know who you are, Kelly. You, you know I'm going to be a combined force. Yeah. <laughs> Producer Kelly. <laughs> I hope we get some of the initial J so we can just call them Jelly. Jelly, oh yeah. That'd be great. That's my, my life's ambition now. Jelly, wow, okay. Yeah, but thank you, guys. And of course, thank you to the rest of you out there um, who are supporting the podcast. Uh, on Patreon, it's very much appreciated. Helps keep our fire going, literally, <laughs> in terms of keep the heated on. Uh, no, but obviously it pays for the podcast. Basically, it helps support us. We try to give back as much as we can. Full unedited video goes up there every week, normally early as well, so you get to see it early, and you get to see me and Tom and our faces as we talk shit for a Sorry while. About that. And there's no editing as well, so obviously in the audio when we cut things out, streamline it. But this is just full, the full Monty. But with yeah. clothes on. Um, Regret. So, yeah. <laughs> regrettably, yeah. Um, with all that being said, then, anything you want to add, Tom? Um, no. It's not Stephen Gerrard, then. <laughs> 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 you could just, you know, just, just said Scouse. <laughs> scouts <laughs> yeah gonna just, just sound like a scout. Yeah, that's, that's a very, that's been generalizing, then, isn't it? That is one thing you will never find with ASMR. Scouse yeah, ASMR. There's got to be a Scouse. Hang on, let me just quickly look this up. Sorry, guys. I'm going to keep, keep Scouse keep ASMR. I'm typing in ASMR Scouser, right? ASMR trigger words. Maybe that's what they play to the fucking residents of, you know, Abu Ghraib. Hold on. But, uh, right, let me let me get off my phone here because we can actually play this out loud. Scouse ASMR. This cannot be a thing, surely. It's, I, I can tolerate it sometimes. Is that here? You've obviously broken it. <laughs> what the fuck is this? I can hear a bit of the twang there. They're moving, it's all bandaged now. Just put it into place. So it's nice and molded to your arm, how your arm should look. Is she making a kebab? Hey, your arm should look. Is she making a kebab? No, she's meant to be a doctor. Being such. Oh, okay. Patient. Yeah, to choose this. Stefa. Stefa. Yeah. All right, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. That is pretty scouse. A Stefa. It's not that bad, though. Sorry <laughs> if anyone's. Um, we just completely got rogue there at the end, don't we? We'll keep it in, though. We'll keep. We'll keep that in the actual podcast. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a. <laughs> it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah. Sorry uh, about that. Went a bit. Off track. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Same time, same place for some more. The fitness news. Goodbye. Dun-dun-dun. What? What's that? I don't know. That was like a little jaunty jingle. All right. Bye. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, my God.